Last week, I preached a message called Get Lit. And I read from Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We talked about getting fed up, filled up, and fired up. And so we talked about how we get lit like a big lighter. I mean, the Holy Spirit settled upon their heads. And as he did that, I mean, they were on fire and they came out uh, lit. And now I understand that in the world today, when we say get lit, we're talking about getting intoxicated or high. But, but what's funny is when they went out into the streets, people from all over heard them speaking in their own language. And as they did, they said, these guys are Galileans. He, and, and then they said, uh, are these guys drunk? And, and Peter gets up and he says, these men are not lit as you suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not exactly how he not said lit. it, but, but he said, the, the, these men are not drunk. They're not intoxicated uh-huh. like you think. He said, and, and, and he began to, to preach and began to t- he said, but this is that that Joel spoke about. He said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And, and so he begins to talk about what happened when there was going to be an outpouring of the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And, and he talked about getting lit. Now, now uh, Allison, get a microphone, if you would. Um, get a microphone and one that they know uh, that's the one you're using. So do you know which one check, that is? Check. There you go. Come here a minute. Um, today, uh, you read the story of Hannah. And this is, this is get lit uh, number two, or we'll call it 2.0, whatever you want to call it. This is, this, is, this is a little higher high than last week, okay? But, but you, gotta, you, you, you got to go low in order to go high, okay? You, you got to get low in order to go high. Even the songs that we've sung about, the pain, the agony, the stuff that we've gone to. Now, now Allison, uh, for just a moment, very quickly, uh, the process, I know you're, you're doing a book right now uh, called Birthing Isaac, but the process of, 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 of carrying a baby, I mean, what is that like? I mean, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm a man. I, I, I was there. I watched it happen. It scared me to death. But, 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 but talk to us about how it what happens? Well, I think in each trimester, there's kind of a different struggle. In the first trimester, you don't really know much except this little test told you you're pregnant. And you know that even though you are carrying a baby and you can't see that you're carrying it and you can't see the baby, you still have to live like you're carrying. Right. You know? And there is this, there's this revelation of, wow, I have to protect the seed because the tinier the seed, the more protecting it needs. And so there's this struggle of faith, believing, okay, is the seed really there? And, and how am I going to change my life to care for the seed? And then in the second trimester, you begin to stretch. Your body, your hips, mm. everything begins to expand and make me. room for the child. <laughs> and me. so there is a there is a struggle of just being okay with the stretching you know living in that discomfort and saying it's worth it Mm. because i know there's a baby but in that second trimester it's so cool because the baby starts kicking and you start feeling the signs of life that let you know the baby is there and even though you still haven't seen them yet nothing can convince you that that baby isn't alive because you felt it you know it's there And obviously in the third trimester, you get towards the end and you almost come to a place where you're so uncomfortable that you're okay with going through the the birthing that is going to be painful because you're just ready. You know, the Lord brings you to that place of readiness. And at that point, obviously, there's a whole process of getting the baby out that is extremely excruciating if you don't have drugs. But thank God for the epidural. (laughs) Thank God for the epidural. And thank God for the Holy Spirit, who even in the supernatural and the spiritual realm gives us that ability to have joy even in the birthing. Well, it's like giving birth to a watermelon. I I, I saw it. I I watched it. I was just, uh, it's, it's so shocking. 
uh, to see what happens and, and, and then the life, the joy. Once you see that baby, I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. It's almost like they reach inside of you and take your heart and walk across the room with it, isn't it? So thank you for sharing a little bit about that. We're going to come back to that in just a few moments. But this, this message is called Get Lit, and it's for the mamas. Now listen, mamas have taught us a lot of stuff, haven't they? Your mamas have taught you a lot of stuff, or whoever the mama figure has been in your house. Look, look, look one guy said it this way. He said, Mama taught me logic. Mama taught me logic. If you fall off the swing and break your neck... You can't go to the store with me. That's logical. She, she taught him logic. She, she, she taught him, uh, if everybody else jumps off the cliff, would you drop off the, you know, I mean, the, that, that's logic. Mama taught logic. Um, mama taught humor. When the lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. Don't come running to me. I know that's sick humor, but that's, that's the kind of humor mamas give sometimes. Mama taught genetics. You are just like your daddy. You are just, she taught genetics. You you learn some of these things. Mama taught anticipation. Just wait until your daddy gets home. I mean, did you you remember that? You remember that, D? I do. Yeah, yeah. When when dad would come home, I mean, I mean, it was like, uh uh-oh. I mean, we we knew dad loved us, but if we deserved it, we also knew that we needed to pray for the rapture. But anyway, um, (laughs) mama taught me about receiving. Mama taught me about receiving. Uh, she said, you're going to get it when I get home. And, and get it wasn't like a prize. Get it was something else. Just, just saying, just saying. Mama taught me religion. You better pray that that comes out of the carpet. You better pray. I told you not to drink that over there. I told you not to drink that grape juice in that room. And you, you better pray. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. Because, because if it doesn't, you might see Jesus early. All right. Come on, folks, lighten up, lighten up. I, 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 need, I need you to lighten up with you. Mama taught me about stamina. You sit there until all that spinach is gone. You sit there. And to, I mean, learning how to, to have stamina. I mean, I, I used to sit there for a while thinking, man, I wish it would just disappear when it was like the green stuff, the you know, spinach. That just wasn't my thing back then. And it's so weird now. There's stuff that I didn't like back then that, that I like crave now. And I'm not even pregnant, you know? Um, Mama's taught me the cycle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. That's the cycle of life. Not not this stuff they tell you about, you know, Mufasa and all that stuff. Here's the cycle of life. The cycle of life is I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. That's right. That's right. And this is one of the favorite ones that mama taught us, justice. Mama taught justice. One day you will have kids of your own, and I hope they turn out just like you. I hope they turn out just like you. I hope they cry all night long and keep you up. I hope they, I hope they uh, you know, uh, look at the meal that you prepared and say, mm, I don't know if I like that or not. Mm, I don't think I'm going to eat that. I hope they open your Christmas present and go, oh, I was hoping for a a jet plane. I mean, whatever it is they were hoping for, you know, but, 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 uh, I want to uh, go back to the story today, the story of Hannah, because it's an interesting story about, about a woman who, who really had to pray. She was going through some stuff. Let me, let me just, we, we've already read the story, but, but let me just put it in perspective for you. This woman was really struggling because her husband, Elkanah, um, 
had two wives, and it was a, a different thing. I, I, I don't even imagine, I can't imagine having more than one wife. Jesus, help people that do that. Help them. They're, they're, they're nuts. But, um, and if that's you somewhere else, else in the world, I pray that God gives you the grace, whatever that means. But anyway, <laughs> because I, I don't know what you do with that. But here's what I'm, t- I mean, I don't believe in it, but if you've done it, 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 it is what it is. But watch this, watch this. He had a wife whose name was Hannah. Hannah meant favor. It meant grace. But he had another wife's name who, who was Penina. And Penina meant pearl, okay? And, and the way you get a pearl is, is by getting something irritating down in the oyster. That, that, that it's down in there, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, it's down in there and, and it, it irritates and it irritates and, and, and layer upon layer upon layer of irritation until it, until it becomes this incredible pearl, but, but it's irritating. And, and Penina was irritating. She was irritating to Hannah. She had all these kids and Hannah didn't have any children. And, and, and so for dads who are listening to this message today and thinking, well, where do I fit in this thing? You know, all of us have some desire, some dream, something inside of us that we've wanted to give birth to, but we've not been able to go through the process. She hadn't even got to the three trimesters and maybe you only got through one or two and you lost a baby. And I'm praying for you today that God brings you through that. This woman had never even got to that stage and she was feeling like, God did not care about her. Hannah was thinking, God, where are you in the midst of this season? So she goes to the house of God and the man of God is there and he looks over at her and the passage of scripture tells us that when he saw her, he said, he said, woman, you must be drunk. He saw her lips moving. Now, now I was recently out at a place in the, in the public and, and, and there was a guy sitting on the sidewalk and he was just rocking back and forth and his lips were moving. So I know exactly what Eli was talking about. This guy was kind of mumbling to himself. I was not long ago in a restaurant and I heard this guy talking. I thought he must have a, you know, a, a cell phone, you know, like Bluetooth in his ear, but he didn't. And I asked the waitress, is he talking on the phone? She said, no, he's, he's out there. He, he's, he's not okay. He's not okay. He, he, he got lit. Okay. He was lit in the wrong way. And so Hannah is, is mumbling like this and she's crying out to God. She is desperate. I don't know how desperate you are right now, but when you come to a place of such pain and desperation, you realize my identity is not in somebody else's version of me, whether they feel like I'm valuable because I produce what they think I ought to produce. I may not have been able to produce what you can produce. I may not have been able to get the grades that you get. I may not have been able to, 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 to get the salary you get. Maybe I haven't been able to pass and get the degrees that you got, but there's value in me, whether you can see it or not, whether I've given birth to it or not, there is value inside of me and there's value inside of you. There's something inside. And even if you've had a loss, even if you've had a loss, I'm here to tell you that, to, that, that, that right now, this morning, that God wants you to understand he's not forsaken you. You may look like you're drunk, but, 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 but you're only drunk on the things of the Spirit, Hannah. And Hannah says, no, I'm crying out to God. And, of course, then Eli turns and he says, well, then be it unto you. He says, whatever you've been praying about, may God grant it to you. So here's this, this guy that's supposed to be the prolific, prophetic priest, the, the man of God, and yet he doesn't recognize what's going on. And then all of a sudden, he, he just says, okay, then have what you want. And the woman's attitude shifts, and the Bible says she begins to smile. And she walks out of that place because she got what she was looking for. 
So I decree to you right now. I don't care if somebody thinks you're drunk. I don't care if somebody watched you like Michael in the window laughing at David and, 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 and scourging David because scorning David because he's dancing. Listen, you may have been dancing and everybody don't like your dance. I mean, I used to dance in the house, man. I dance and my kids would say, never do that again, daddy. Don't do that. They didn't like my dance, but my dance wasn't for them. My dance was for Nan. Come on. Come on. <laughs> my dance was for Nan, my righteous fox. And so I'm just telling you, you don't let somebody else look at your dance and scorn your dance. Don't let somebody else look at you and say, well, they're just drunk. They're drunk on their dreams. They're drunk on their, their ideas. They're drunk on what they think could happen. Listen, baby, you can't stop it from happening if it's God. She heard one word. All she needed to hear was whether Eli meant it or not, or whether he was embarrassed and said it. I don't know. He said, well, you just go and have what may God grant it unto you. She said, take that. I'll take that. Come on. I prophesy to you right now. You're about to give birth to something in your life. You're about to step it up, baby. You're about to 2.0. You're about to get lit. You're about to get lit, get drunk on the things of the spirit. So she understood that prayer is a master key. It opens doors. She didn't care who was listening as long as God was listening. She understood that prayer is a spiritual technology of high level communication with God. It's a spiritual technology. I have preached myself to where, uh, let, let's do a brother Dave. Let's all just together, one, two, three. Yeah, there we go. I'm trying to learn as a spiritual son, Brother Dave. All right. And I might turn around. The problem with me turning around like Brother Dave does and going like, like Guy Pei does, I got people behind me. And if they don't do anything, then it's, then it's a problem. Prayer is a spiritual technology of high-level communication with God. But it's more than that. So we learned that prayer is a master key. It, it, it's an access point. Prayer is a spiritual technology. But prayer is a sign of spiritual maturity. Look, some people don't see the, the level of maturity God's taking you through. They don't know all that you've been through. They don't know the hell you've been through. They don't know how many times people have made fun of you and, and put you down, but you got back up again and you stood up on the inside. They, they don't know what you've come through. Prayer is a prerequisite for spiritual growth. You cannot grow without talking to God. It is your lifeline. I said you can't grow without, without talking to God because... It, and it's not just telling him how you feel about it. It's, it's, it's engaging. It's interactive. It's yeah. talking with him and listening to him talk to you. Prayer is a learned and developed skill. You got to develop it. You got to grow into it. You got you to gotta really develop. Now, I'm not talking about your wordiness. I'm not talking about your articulation and your, the way you say your words. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting to a place of intimacy where you're vulnerable with God and you say, look, God, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. They're making fun of me. They're saying this and that. Come on, just don't get your, your old, uh, you know, religious garb on when you pray. Oh, God. Look, he, I, I don't care if that's how you pray. That's okay. But, but my point is this. When I talk to God, look, I'm Abba. Daddy, yes. Daddy, I can't take it anymore right now. I, I'm going through it. Daddy, I need some help right now. Prayer is a cry of desperation. Hannah cried out. Listen, in your home right now, you may be crying out like, like, like I've been crying. I've been, the other day, I, I just got sick of all this. And I just said, God, I want restaurants back. 
Jesus. I want restaurants. I've been, I've been making food at home, and I, I'm okay with that, but I, I really want fresh you know, restaurants back. I mean, I, that's sick and carnal and, and ridiculous, but I just said I want restaurants back. I, I even forgave myself. I forgave myself. I forgave myself for not taking a vacation when I could. And I didn't because I was too busy doing stuff. You know, sometimes you've got to take a rest. And I I said, I I forgive myself for not going and and taking a break when I needed to take a break. How about you? I mean, sometimes it's not even going somewhere. It's just shutting down. I mean, how is it that the entire world had to be shut down just for me to shut down? I'm so sorry, people. It's just a little sarcasm there. You don't have to laugh if you don't want to. But, but there are some moments where we just have to say, God, you know, I, I don't understand this. I, you know, and, and Hannah, Hannah's crying out to God, and she understood that, that prayer is a vehicle. It's a vehicle that carries you into the presence of God. It, it takes you from here, down here. You got to go down in order to go to the most high. She got on her knees. She cried out to God. She, there are some cries that are so deep and so guttural and so down on the inside that you can't even get them to be uttered in verbalization. You can't get words to come out. But there are words that are on the inside of you. You can't see it, but your vocal cords are moving. Your soul is crying out. Deep calleth unto deep. There's a place inside of you that says, God, I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. I need you, Jesus. Prayer is a portal into your prophetic future. Hannah tapped into it. She tapped into a doorway into her prophetic future. She was about to be barren for her whole life, and she had gone through some stuff, but she tapped into a prophetic future. And it wasn't just her prophetic future. It was the prophetic future of Israel because her son Samuel was going to prophesy to the entire nation. He was going to become the mouthpiece of God. Do you understand? Her desperation is what God was looking for. God was looking for desperation. God was looking for somebody to get low and go high he was looking for somebody that looked like they were high intoxicated but they were really low and their inhibitions began to be broken down because in a perfect place of desperation we understand God I need you so God was looking for somebody who was desperate enough to just believe a prophetic word I prophesy to you you're coming out you said but I lost my job but God's got a better one for you. Yeah, come on. Come on. I don't know what's going to happen now. I don't know where things are headed. But I'm desperate. I'm desperate right now. Prayer accesses miracles, insights, and inventions. Prayer stirs up gifts and callings. Right now, I'm stirring it right now. I'm breathing. I'm blowing on the embers of your soul right now. You say, well, you're not supposed to blow on people now because, you know, Corona. <sighs> okay, I can do it through the, through the screen right now. <sighs> I blow on the embers 
the ashes. Out of the ashes, there are some embers. There are some sparks about to blaze again. You're not completely dead. Your fire is not completely gone. I breathe on you now in the name of the Holy Spirit, the holy breath of God, and declare something's about to be unleashed to you today. Prayer precedes revelation, especially when combined with giving and fasting. What she did was Hannah came and she got on her knees and she began to pray. She began to pray and the Bible says that she'd come to a place where she couldn't eat. Very seldom happens in my life. I don't even like fasting between meals and snacks, but you have to. But, but, but she couldn't eat, which means she was fasting. And she came and she said, God, if you give me a son, if you give me my dream, if you give me, I will give it back to you. God said, I'm looking for somebody to give something big to. I'm looking for somebody who's desperate enough to receive a gift and give it to the world. She got lit. She got lit. I said she got lit. She got lit. I want to read you a passage of scripture Allison already read in the children's book. 1 Samuel verse or chapter 1 but in chapter 2 something happens so you have to understand when when Hannah got lit when Hannah got lit when mamas get lit and pray mamas can pray like nobody else can pray mamas I thank you for your prayers the first thing that happens is they lose their inhibition If you've ever seen a real spiritual mama pray and she will just begin to cry out to God, she'll get in the, in the prenatal position. She will go in through the tree, through the trimesters and she comes into a place of travail where she begins to cry out, God save my baby. God save my son. God save my daughter out there in addiction out on the streets. God bring them out. God, we're desperate for you. If you haven't noticed, I'm preaching my guts out right now because I want you to hear this message. I want you to get it in your spirit. She lost her inhibitions. Mamas that get lit on the spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, people who get lit lose their inhibitions. They come out saying, nothing can stop me. I don't care who's watching. I don't care what level of echelon. I don't care the elite can look at me. Even the, even the ecclesiastical Eli can look at me and make fun of me. He can say whatever he wants to, but I've lost my inhibitions. I don't care who's watching anymore. I'm crying out to you, Jesus. They lose their inhibition, number one. Number two, they pray with desperation. We, we've created that word picture for you here today. They pray with such desperation. Nothing else will do but a miracle. Nothing else will will satiate. Nothing else will will fill the hunger. Nothing else but the fulfillment of knowing that God has heard me. And then they get a revelation. They lose their inhibition. They pray with desperation. And they get a new revelation. I want you to hear the new revelation that she got. This is like Mary when she began to prophesy a teenage girl began to prophesy. Go back and read that. But this is Hannah. And Hannah says this 
in uh, 1 Samuel 2, verse 1, and Hannah prayed. All those things I told you prayer are, access points. She prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smiled at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, Come on. Jesus. nor is there any rock like unto our God. Catch this, catch this, catch this. I wish I could read the whole thing. Go back and read it. It is, it is prolific. It is unbelievable. This woman starts prophesying and the stuff she says, I mean, the blows of the mighty men are broken and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren have borne seven and she who has many children have be- has become feeble. It's an interesting thing. You go back and read it. Ask for revelation. She got revelation, but she said this. She said, Lord, There is none holy. No one is holy like the Lord. For there is none beside you, neither is there any rock. Get the picture. Nobody higher. You're holy. You're set apart. You're the most high. Nobody beside you. Okay, so he's on the throne and he's above everything. And there's nothing that can sit beside him in the sense of his greatness. Oh, we sit beside him in the heavenlies. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, he said, there's none beside you on the same level as you. So none above you, none beside you. And he said, neither is there any rock like unto our God. Woo. In other words, nothing greater above. Come on. Nothing beside as great. And nothing beneath that can even stand. I mean, there is no stability like my rock. He said, I'm a rock you can stand on. David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock. What a rock that is higher than I. David got it. He's high. This woman got it. He's high. He's beside. And he's beneath. What an incredible thing. What an incredible thing. I'm going to close with this, with this passage from Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren, you who have not borne. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your curtains. In other words, get ready for your baby. I'm prophesying to some people who've lost some children. Get ready for your baby. Get ready for your baby. Get ready for your household. Begin to sing, mama. Begin to sing, daddy. Begin to sing. Rejoice, it's about to happen. Wow, I feel it. I feel it in my spirit. I'm telling you, we're about to have a baby boom in this country. We're about to have a baby boom in this country. Wow. And then he... Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not be drunk with wine in which is dis, dis, dissipation or excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to the Lord. God, your Father, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. In other words, don't get drunk with wine in the natural. 
but there's a wine of the Spirit that you're about to get drunk with. Pray with me now. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I give you my life. I give you my dreams. I give you my desires. Come on in, Lord Jesus. Be Lord of my life for now and eternity. I want to walk with you. Help me to give birth to what you've placed inside of me. And everybody said, amen. Mamas, we love you. Happy Mother's Day. If you're out in the parking lot, come on, honk three times for your mama. One, two, three. Beep, beep, beep. Honk, honk, honk. Come on. Hoot, hoot, hoot. Whatever you do, whatever your, 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 your horn sounds like, just let that thing rip go for mama, but also for Jesus this morning because he's so good. Listen, we love you. Mr. Nick has a, some really, really great children's ministry things that, are, that you know, I want you to watch out for. We've got some great stuff coming up. I want you to go to our Facebook page and check it out. We've got some, some virtual uh, meetings coming up. We've got some parking lot meetings coming up. We've got some great stuff. Don't miss it. We love you. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome day.